Yeah, still. <laughs> Guys, please tell us that some of y'all caught that random noise about an hour and a half into the episode when the guys have all come for a real serious sit down about Thomas. <laughs> Hunter's ready to give Thomas the business when one of the gentlemen makes the following noise. Yeah, so what, I mean, we don't even know who it is. We couldn't tell because we still don't know who these guys are. We rewound it like 10 times just to listen to it. Well, right. I mean, and we had to rewind it again just now to get the actual recording of it. What I love is that the editors are just like, no, leave that in. I want it to be my my phone ringing. <laughs> I want it to be my alarm. <laughs> and I couldn't tell, like, was this guy, like, making weird noises to break the awkwardness? <laughs> or is it someone who just makes weird noises like I do throughout I was, the course I said of the day? he might have Tourette's. He might. Can he not ever sit still? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe he's a scatter. Maybe he's scats for a local oh. jazz band. All right. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. We'll get back to that. We'll come back around to that. But we were so excited about it. We wanted to put that right up top. You know what else I'm excited about? Uh, Not Katie. Oh, uh, well, we'll talk about that. I'm fine with... Well, I was fine with Katie this week. Mm, I have thoughts. Um, okay. What um, else are you excited about? Shout outs. Oh, shout outs is what I'm excited about. So we got a very special shout out request welcome, from one... Welcome to a very special shout out. <laughs> from one little girl... In St. Paul, Minnesota, Kelsey, who wanted to shout out her friend Stephanie. I believe it's pronounced Minnesota. <laughs> Ask Becca Kufrin. Um, uh, future Bachelor in Paradise contestant. You can't see me rolling my Suck eyes it, right Garrett. now. <laughs> why, why shouldn't she get hers? She got... This sucky-ass season, she got screwed by fucking Ari. Then she goes on to this season, her season, where she has to choose between Blake and Garrett. Well, she didn't have to choose between Blake mm, and Garrett. I feel like she got a raw deal. She didn't Go get a get great Go get yours batch. in paradise, girl. I, don't, I'm, I would be happy for her to find love. I'm just not sure that I want to watch that happen. Well. Maybe that can happen off camera in her personal nope, life. Nope, it's got to happen <laughs> down in Mexico. <laughs> With Wells. Wells, the bartender, yeah. is back. Um, but yeah, so anyways, this special friendship between Kelsey and Stephanie. Stephanie had been telling Kelsey for years about how funny we are. True. true how great we are. Correct. How much she should listen to the podcast. Kelsey finally gave in and within 10 minutes was hooked smitten kitten that's one smitten kitten <laughs> so uh kels we were kind of you know close so we can call you kels and steph steph thanks for bringing kels on board we're happy to have both of you out there welcome yeah welcome and then uh, we got a special another special shout out for our listener callie who is in huntsville right now touring around yes. with her grandpa looking at old graves ryan tried to make it awkward and like invite her to our house and she was like i'm good <laughs> no that's all right i don't want to be I'm murdered good, you yeah. random podcast yeah. stranger you weirdo yeah but instead i had Callie, to teach ryan about stranger danger <laughs> and respecting boundaries i said would you like to come pet our puppies yeah yeah um but uh, callie is enjoying driving around visiting various huntsville graveyards sure and hiking 
and uh, maybe drinking in our fine city. So welcome to the Rocket City. Welcome, Callie. Callie. And then we get a nice uh, email from a listener, Adriana, that we have not responded to yet, but we, we will. We just got Adri- it. We just got it. It's hot off the internet presses, so we will respond, and we're probably going to hit on some of your questions tonight, so sit tight. Yes, Adriana. we will. We will. Yeah. Shout out to Jake, who made some margaritas to bring to the tennis match. Oh, with some margs. Some, some margs. good time, Shout yeah. out to Brooke, who had a lot of hard-hitting uh, bachelor theories. Okay, well, we'll get to that. I, what I first need you to do, though, is give me a number between 1,000 and 1,071. 1,069. <laughs> oh. oh! Hang on, I'm about to spell boobs with my calculator. <laughs> Uh, so shout out to our one listener in Brindale, Queensland, Australia. Uh, why do we keep getting Australia? Because I think they put them way down at the bottom. Oh. They put them below Cyprus, well, below Canada. Well, you know what? They're down we under. We have listeners in Cyprus? Yeah. Oh, oh you know we do. Well, shout in, out that uh, person. Egg Komi Lefkosia, Cyprus. That's definitely yeah. not how you pronounce that. Yeah. But... Well, the Australian listeners are at how? the bottom because they're down under. Those people obviously are listening to it in English. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's not getting translated for them. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, I feel like it's a little, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't have guessed that we had a, a read or a listener in Cyprus. We I don't even know where that is. Is that in Italy? the globe. It is an island off the coast of Greece. Okay. I believe. Close. Yeah. Yeah. The Mediterranean. Yeah. Sorry, where, Cyprus listener. Is that where Napoleon got uh, <laughs> no, exiled? That's he got, Malta. Well, I was it what is it? It's off the coast of France. It also starts with a C. Malta. 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 Yeah. Did you hear me just say yeah. that? No, but I think it's got a. I don't think it's Malta. What? Yeah. Napoleon, hold on, gang. Robin. Robin. Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Exile. Napoleon Exile. Elba. That's oh. where he was. And then wow. St. Helena off the coast of Africa. He really They moved him around. <laughs> they really shuffled that guy around from island to island. You were. you were closer than Elba me. Elba sounds like Malta. <laughs> <laughs> Old Elba. Poor Napoleon. Mm, I think, I think yeah. he got his. Yeah, he got what, what was coming to him. All right. Should we jump into the episode? We should. Yeah, that guy had a real Napoleon complex. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, so we pick up right in the midst of things, right in the middle of action with Carl having misled Katie about some guys in the house being Or there. did he? <laughs> he did. Um, well, that's what's bugging me of many things. Okay, one, just one thing. <laughs> is that everybody on Twitter is like, oh my God, Carl was right. No, he's not. No. Like, Carl right. is full of shit. It can be a complete coincidence that... Thomas is possibly not there for the right reasons. I don't think that Thomas, like, confessed some big secret to Carl that Carl felt the need to call out. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, Carl was full of shit. And also, it happened. And also, I mean, we'll talk about the Thomas thing later. I am not scandalized by Thomas's admission. No, later on. Me neither. Yeah. I mean, no, these guys, I tell you what it is, they got an inch and they decided to take a motherfucking mile. No, that is, I'm really interested in talking about this. Yes, because, they've turned so into let's... like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> they... The council has spoken. Yeah, I'm not sure which one is Piggy, but one of them is. <laughs> Michael, probably. Yeah. Sweet old Michael. 
his specs are about to get crushed. My glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel, well, we'll get, we'll, we'll, well get we're about there. to get there. We'll get so there. let's do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, Trey is still yelling at Carl. Stop being like this, bro. Be logical. Correct, Trey. And then Christian says, Carl made up all these facts, which is actually slightly wrong because he provided no facts. Yeah. It wasn't that they were made up facts. There were no Carl facts. Carl made up all these vague non-facts. <laughs> Carl made up a bunch of innuendos. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Carl is still like defending himself. He and- said, well, and even he does play it a little smart because he's like, look, I don't want to put anybody on blast. <laughs> So he makes it sound like he's like, yeah, I know who it is. But right. like, it's not my job to name names. Right. And- I'm not going to tell you. If you don't know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell you. Yeah, Carl, Carl. And then he storms out of the room and starts shadow boxing he in does. whatever part of the resort yep. this is. He says, I'm not here for these dudes. If you want to come at me, come at me. <laughs> you came here for the wrong reasons. <laughs> You're the one who came but here for the wrong reasons. But then he does say, it's not my job to call him out, which sounds pretty damn specific. But again, I mean, this, I'm not, I don't trust him. I'm not yeah. discounting the possibility that that he was referencing Thomas. Sure. And that Thomas said something. I don't think you can confirm that right certainly not at the point that we're at right now it's the covid lab leak theory we it's plausible (laughs) we can't prove it we can't disprove it at this point we just don't know um brendan in my notes i have in parentheses who is this yes uh says no one trusts carl anymore he's a snake he's a scumbag (laughs) a snake and a scumbag i like that josh says this is probably the worst case scenario that ever could have happened Mm. i could think of worse like someone could have exploded spontaneously that could be worse what else would be a worst case scenario just in this bachelor rose sure in this but anything possible worst case scenario um like the host says some really racist shit and has to get fired. <laughs> that's one. I mean, yeah, that's one. That's one. Just uh, off the top of your head, the romantic lead ends up having to come out of the closet because he's being blackmailed about some uh, <laughs> visits to a gay spa. That'd sure, be one. That'd be one possible. I was going you more cut Tyler C. That's a bad situation. That's the worst, that's the worst case, case, scenario. case scenario. Yeah, I was thinking more like Meteor hits the like a uh, resort and kills them all. The but... bachelor mansion catches on fire. <laughs> it sounds based on Rachel Lindsay's recent expose that that would be an improvement. Possible, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definite possibility. Sounds like there's some faulty wiring. <laughs> oh, you know, there's, I love the reference to the money pit too. Like yeah. this old eighties movie. Yeah. yeah. If y'all haven't read Rachel Lindsay's expose in what New York magazine or yeah. whatever, it's a very good um, she really burns both the Peters mm-hmm. really well. Burn. Yeah. And what, so what did you think about that? Cause you are a Peter Krause stan. I'm a Peter Krause stan. Um, I thought that Peter Krause got thrown under the bus a little bit. And I will say that was maybe like, if there was one bone to pick, <laughs> um, I feel like some, uh, like a, just a very small amount of what she complained about was had nothing to do with the fact that she was the first black lead Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah that that is shitty but that's the show right you know like they're always pulling that shit Mm -hmm. um and i do agree that there was like 99 percent of it was was 
um, racially motivated with her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they totally exploited that, but I feel like there was a little bit of it where it's like, yeah, I feel like they do that to all the content, like all of these contestants, the leads, they all get fucked over, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and, um, you know who came out really good though? Nick in that, um, yeah, in the essay. In the essay, I um, thought he actually came out sort of like surprisingly good because he like he didn't take advantage of anybody. I mean, it's like the bar is so goddamn low that I it's guess. like he didn't take advantage of the fantasy suite situation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he yeah. um, seemed open minded to dating women of various races. Yeah, you know, it's like it's right. And I think that that might be a little bit of what bothered me with Peter Krause is. I felt like she was bringing criticisms to him that to me seemed more like producer orchestrated bullshit. I see. Yeah. Like it wasn't Peter's fault. No, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like he was just another, another handsome face. Just another face. cog in the wheel <laughs> of that big bachelor machine. Could it be that you're blinded by his handsomeness though? No, I don't have handsome blindness. <laughs> <laughs> you're Elaine. You have uh, handsomeness blindness for a mimbo. It turns out he's a mimbo. Peter Krause is not a mimbo. <laughs> and I don't like mimbos. I feel like that's not my type. It's not your type, right, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Handsome face with uh, no brain. Yeah. All Um, right. God, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, worst case scenarios, but really Carl versus the guys. Yeah. So Katie says, I want to trust Carl. He seems like he's a good guy. Really? Like, what's that based on? Right. Yeah, well, she also says... um, I want the guys to be my eyes and the and ears in the house. That's what I've been no. looking for in a husband, mm-hmm. like a spy, like a <laughs> snitch. I really uh, want a snitch. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I guess this is kind of getting into what ends up happening, um, which is that the guys, so it's Mike, they make the virgin do it. They're like, <laughs> you won't get killed. Actually, no, the, no, the virgin always sure, makes yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so they make Mike, I assume, or I'm, I'm very curious how they worked out, like, right. who was going to be the representative. Right. The logistics of it. This reminds me of when I was in fifth grade, <laughs> we had these tunnels on our what? playground, like big cement tunnels that you could crawl in. And the principal, like, uh, said like the kids can't play on these anymore because there was some kind of problem i don't remember what the problem was and so we all talked about like who's gonna go talk to the principal and try and convince her surely it wasn't you oh it was me yeah they sent me into the principal's office how did they decide i have no idea why i mean it's the same kind of thing like let's get the nerdiest person ryan (laughs) to go in there well maybe they thought i would start bawling in her office they thought that you would like shit your pants exactly she'd be be like oh god all right let's just do it (laughs) fine you can have the tunnels back quit crying the tunnels back no but she listened to my case yeah what did you say i don't even remember just yeah we really want to play on those tunnels it's a lot of fun i feel like that was like your proudest moment i know like i get yeah yeah and i was so proud that i had forgotten about it for the last 25 Mm, years i don't know that was right right on the tip of my tongue yeah you were real quick with this story yeah this reminds me of a distant memory <laughs> also my proudest accomplishment ever oh no i would have been proud if i would have gotten the tunnels back but yeah, i didn't it was a yeah. fail yeah 
Um, so they, ele- much as Ryan was elected mm-hmm. to attempt to get the tunnels back, <laughs> Mike P is elected to s- present the guys as a unit. Yes. Um, as they quote. And he says, what Carl said wasn't the truth, that they need to protect her heart. Yes. Um, and that basically, like, He's not here for the right reasons. He's not here for the right yeah. reasons. Carl. Boom. Turn it around. You got one finger pointing. You got four fingers pointing back at you, and Carl. Katie says, do you all feel the same way? And they're all like, yep. Well, they all kind of half-heartedly nod. So to give a little more context, this is during the rose ceremony. Yeah, sorry. So I'm like during the too. cocktail party, one of them says, we have a responsibility as a unit right now to protect the queen. So they cut... Come forward with Mike as a representative. It's like they signed an open letter or something. Like it's <laughs> yeah. Really, like we the undersigned all feel. Um, I So initially I liked this. You're right that later they've created a monster. Right. But I like initially it's just like, no, all of us as a unit feel that Carl is uh, caused stirring up shit for no reason. Yeah. And I, I do... Like it that they're being upfront about it and just very to the point. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if the women of last season had all come together and been like, hey, we all think Victoria sucks. Yes. But I think it also puts the lead in a little bit of a weird position mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, well, now you're really going to look like an asshole to them if you keep that person. Yes. Yep. But it, to me, it takes away some of your um, power as the lead if basically you're saying, okay, well, I guess I just have to trust all of these 24, like, basically strangers. Yes. I have to trust what y'all say. Um, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I I honestly think if I were Katie, I would feel a little annoyed in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I would, I guess, go along with what... I would do what she did. Right. Well, and you see this happen. You see her, like confusion because she leaves she goes and talks to her ladies about what's going on and they give her the right advice which is it's your call yeah you need to keep the person you want it's your decision um i'm also a little surprised that she did give in and cut him because i could like i Honestly, I feel like the guys of Hannah's season kind of tried to do that with Luke P mm-hmm. and it backfired on them. Like mm-hmm. she got pissed and she was like, I'm a grown woman. I can make my own choices. Right. None of you are handing out the roses. Mm-hmm. So if you hate this guy that much, like, I'm sorry, that sucks, right. but I like him. I do feel like part of it is that Katie probably doesn't like Carl that much yeah. anyway. I think if there were more of a attachment if it was later on in the season which i think is what's going to happen with thomas because Mm -hmm. she likes thomas Mm -hmm. um so i think that when the guys try to pull this shit again as they're clearly doing um it's going to be more of a more of a battle Mm -hmm. they got a little taste of power and they're uh, going to exploit it absolute power corrupts you aren't handing out the roses i mean i don't know i this whole thing felt as we said last week, a little premature. Mm-hmm. Like, really, we need to we need to cut Carl out like a freaking cancer. Just, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, I and here's the thing: is I think she made the right. Like, Carl wasn't going to make it all the way. He is a shit stirrer. I think that she already, like you said, didn't like him that much. Though, as you pointed out, like she says, I was going to keep him, and so somebody mm-hmm. else. Maybe Aaron, because he got the last rose, got a rose instead who would have gone home. So it changes the whole dynamic right. of the season. Yeah. You know? 
I mean, not the whole dynamic the of the whole season. dynamic. A butterfly flapped its <laughs> wings. Isn't this what the movie Butterfly Effect was about? Um, uh, I just think if I were Katie, I, it, it there's an undertone of like, oh, sweetie, you don't know what's best. Right. Like, uh-huh. let the gentleman yeah. tell you who to keep and who to cut. It's guard and protect time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, we've got to protect the queen. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> They're all just a bunch of ants protecting their queen. <laughs> uh, okay, so... As we said, she does end up cutting Carl. Um, do you have the list of? I do. Yep. Yeah. Are we? So get, we're there. We're there. Yeah. yeah. So before the Mike P moment, we have David Hunter Connor C. Mike P. Who gives his speech, and then the guys all sign on like it's a change.org petition. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, Trey. Uh, Courtney. Trey, who, by the way, says, if he gets a rose, I'm snatching it (laughs) off of him. (laughs) I would have liked to have seen that. Uh, And then uh, Carl would just start shadow boxing again. Not (laughs) actually punching Trey, but just punching the air. Uh, Justin, who I don't know who that is. Andrew M. Christian, Josh, Brendan, the aforementioned Brendan. Uh, Carl at this point tells us you'll have to ha- get the freaking military <laughs> yeah. to come and drag that. He's Trump, right? I'm just, I'm not going to concede yep. the results. Nope. Yeah. Got to have an audit of this whole this rose the, ceremony. This rose ceremony is false. <laughs> Italian satellites changed this rose ceremony results. I won. <laughs> I won this rose fair and square. Uh, and then James and t- then Tasha comes out, filling the Harrison shoes, says this is the final rose of the evening, goes to Aaron Carl's gone. All right. And- um, unpopular opinion. Okay. Or I don't know how unpopular this is, but I did feel like there was a little bit of a moment. I said this to you when she, when Katie is clearly freaking out uh-huh. and she goes out to Tasha and Caitlin and they're like, what's going on in there? Yeah. And they're like, I mean, it's your choice, which is true. I did uh-huh. like, I'd liked it that they told her that, but I felt like there was a second where I just needed the, the steady hand of Harrison to guide that snafu. Sure. Well, you just need somebody. And that's, you know, Tasha and Caitlin haven't been doing this for very long. So they're still learning how to do it. And, you know, it's more difficult when they're like peer. We talked about this. Yeah. Like I peers. feel like there's, yeah. it's for better or worse. Like mm-hmm. there are some things that are a lot better because they're more like girlfriends. Right. But then there are some moments where I'm like, oh, I need Harrison's stern face. <laughs> you have such a dad complex. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they do. They give her the right advice. And I think this all this all works out. But we'll talk about how maybe it's creating a ripple effect down the road. Oh, it's creating a ripple effect. Yeah. And who of all people should say, if you're not here for the right reasons, get out the door? Thomas. Thomas. That's irony. There's some irony for you. It's it's like that time that I went into a room, there were 10,000 spoons, and all I needed was a goddamn knife. I hate it when that happens. It was like when I waited my whole life to take that one plane flight. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, you were afraid I to died. fly. I yeah. died, didn't it? I died. <laughs> and on the, when the plane crashed, you were like, well, isn't this nice? That's what you said. <laughs> a lovely plane crash just for me. Well, I'll... I'll be damned. (laughs) Isn't this ironic? (laughs) 
Oh, man, that guy. That dead guy. All right. Um, all right. So the guys that are left, um, she says, I trust and respect the men in the house. Um, and she says, if I think she says this, someone says, if you're not here for the right reasons, you're out the door. Well, that's Thomas. In Get out the door. Style. Yeah, oh, right. That is? Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned that a moment ago, but yeah, I also Sorry, thought I didn't of, hear that uh, direct quote. I also thought of the in vogue moment. Sorry, yeah. I'm Fraser Crane. I'm listening. <laughs> I give, I'm out the door. I give to the needy and not the greedy. Ryan loved in vogue. Oh, yeah. Loves. Yeah, yeah. I Don't mean, use the past tense on that. I love in vogue. I feel yeah. like in vogue uh, didn't get as much like. I don't. I feel like it should. It you never hear it on like yeah. radio stations anymore. You like, hear it occasionally, but you don't ever hear it on like the you know Kiss FM nineties throwback. Yeah, like we're still know? playing TLC on radio right. stations. Yeah. why can't we get a yeah, little? Yeah, In Vogue uh, needs a little more love. Yeah, they. Uh, what a man. They're not gonna play what a man. I don't think. What a man still gets played because it gets you. Like, I guess Joe Biden was using it for a while in his <laughs> rallies. Oh, God. Which uh, he does have a body like Arnold with a Denzel face. So it fits. <laughs> <laughs> that guy knocks uh, Jill Biden out with one shot for the rest of the night. <laughs> He's a real smooth <laughs> a, a lover and a fighter and a knocker. <laughs> Don't take him for a sucker, because that's not what he's about. That should be his, instead of no malarkey, that should have been his slogan. (laughs) Oh, Oh, um, man. I liked, what song is that where they say, I'm out the door? That is Never Gonna gonna Get get It. it. I love it. That's a good song. That's a great song. And then there was also uh, Giving Him Something He Can Feel, which in eighth grade, these three girls sang it at the talent show and oh one of them God. no and here it gets worse one of them got so embarrassed that she had to run off stage in the middle of the it's like mean girls yeah no one of them like ran kevin off g. stage because uh, she was so embarrassed yeah that uh it was quite the uh, i still remember it I, why was she embarrassed did she not know what song they were performing when they went out there no it's just like i just think being an eighth grade girl and singing something in front of a crowd was too much oh it wasn't she wasn't embarrassed handle. of the that specific song no no just singing in front of a bunch of mm, people yeah sure sure yeah. sure mm-hmm. all right so we're, let's move on to the next day there's a group date uh yes there is okay i have the names okay give them to us uh aaron courtney with a q Mm -hmm. james connor b aka the cat um david justin thomas hunter brendan love is about honesty and i need 100 percent and then they freak out because she does not sign the card, love Katie, and she doesn't even give a heart, Katie. She instead includes an ellipsis, mm-hmm. which the guys are not aware of that term. Which Connor says is brutal. <laughs> that ellipsis is brutal. Man, I hate it when punctuation is brutal like that. Ellipses. You call it ellipsis? I say ellipses. Ellipsis. Maybe I'm the fool here. Making fun of the guys for not knowing the term and I'm pronouncing it wrong. Uh, They come walking up and Connor is wearing like a 
I believe a blouse that I once had from Contempo Casuals. <laughs> like striped. He has it unbuttoned a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. He's wearing his whitest sneaks. It is not unbuttoned a little it's bit. It's unbuttoned, it is unbuttoned a lot. It's unbuttoned yeah, a lot. Yeah, nearly to the navel. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is low cut. It leaves little to the imagination. So Katie tells them that she has a friend that's going to help out on the date. And that today's group date is about past relationships. Please welcome Nick Vial, <laughs> who yeah. I love. So today, tonight, when I was having that bachelor discussion with uh-huh. Jake on and Brooke, the tennis court, as you do, drinking mm-hmm. the Mars, as you do, drinking yeah. Marks, watching a little bit of tennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake got a little heated and asked me. Who do you like? Implying that I hate everyone, which is true. Mm-hmm. You just I hate like, most people. I like Nick Vial. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... Most of the contestants on this show are pretty easy to not like Well, that sure. Much. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's hard to find people who are, like, genuinely likable sometimes, especially after they come on the show, then they go on Paradise... Then they become the lead. Like, after a while, like, that one, like, no one would like me if they got that much exposure to me. I feel like Nick Vial gets better with, with, the more I see him, the more I like. (laughs) You know what's funny is I know this is Nick Vial, but for some reason in my entire notes, I have him written as Ben Higgins. (laughs) (laughs) That's insulting. Yes, Ben. Um, yeah, so Nick Vial is there, and they're having a, like, they've got chairs in a circle, like it's a group therapy session. Well, but there, it's also some sort of, like, black box theater. Yes. Like, I felt like we were about to watch a terrible play written by a 19-year-old student. <laughs> and we were going to be like, oh, that's great. That was really good. Yeah, I really uh, liked the metaphor in there where the ghost was your dad. Because really he was never around. Clever to make envy wear green makeup. <laughs> Uh, Nick's a part of the play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. Nick is there. There's a. You're correct. There is a circle of chairs. Uh, Justin says it looks like it's some sort of intervention, mm-hmm. which is not that far. Yeah, off. Yeah, it is not uh, that far off. So yeah. So Nick says you guys want to know why I'm here, which indeed they do. So now here's something else that's important to mm-hmm. note. I think. Okay. So note. they make it seem. As though because of the events of last night, they are having this airing of truth session to suss out, well, to find out who's sus, to use the Among Us <laughs> language of the kids. I call bullshit. Okay. Nick Vial is there the next day, ready to go to conduct this group therapy session. Well, basically, the only prep that it appeared that they did... To make him the like henchman of this date was giving him a clipboard <laughs> and putting so, some chairs in a circle. I feel like this date could have gone any number of directions. And then if they had to do this truth circle, they're like, here, take this clipboard. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying originally he was here to do like a rodeo. Maybe they were going to do date. like, it's a jello wrestling yeah, date. Yeah, right. And instead, they were like, oh, wait, actually, no, we need you to be a therapist today. Okay, that I buy. That yeah. makes sense. Okay, so he was just around for some sort he of date. He was there to be a part of a date. Right. And it turned out that that part of the date was psychologist. Right. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tell me more about your mother. <laughs> so, and we're joking and, uh, and everything. We have to say this date gets serious real fucking fast. I have a lot to say about this date. Okay. It felt extremely exploitative to yeah. me. 
Like, first of all, (laughs) why the fuck? I mean, I guess I just answered my own question with my theory. If you are going to make a bunch of people go on national TV and spill, like, truly traumatic information embarrassing information about themselves, mm-hmm. information that they might be like still dealing with shame right, from. Right. Yep. Why the fuck are we bringing Nick Vial right. on there to like, <laughs> to, to be the, the, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to call it the, he's not a therapist. Like so what are the, you calling him? the, uh, like facilitator. Yeah. The facilitator. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word. Well, and Nick says, like specifically, cause you might think like, I wonder what kind of things they want us to spill. He tells us stories like, People who have led women on, ghosting, cheating, trying to be the next bachelor, all things Katie deserves to know. I mean, what in the world? And it wasn't, um, I don't know. I, I just thought that this date seemed in really poor taste. Yeah. And I know, like they said, you know, we're asking you to do this. You don't, nobody has to share anything they don't want to. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, if you sat there and you were like, I'm not really comfortable, I'm not going to share this, yeah. you would have been cut, you yep. know? Yep. I feel like at least when they were at the Nema colon, or no, it was the La Quinta, because Claire made that guy do that that one date where she was like, spill your oh, guts, right. and yep. then he got like, cut. Like, burn your most <laughs> yeah. sacred memories. But at least that was just Claire and that guy. Well, and I was... look, it was so... Uh, upsetting for him that when Taisha came, he had to like remove himself from the show because right. he was like, I think I fell in love with Claire on that day. Right. <laughs> well, he was like traumatized by it. Well, I will say one of the big problems with this is that it's all the dudes together. Like, if you're really going to do this, Katie, like, my, why not do it one on one? Of course. Instead Don't, of like yeah. the other, like, maybe she needs to know this stuff at this stage. Like, I would argue, like, if you are dating someone on your second date, you're not going to talk about this right. stuff, which is the equivalent of what this is. And I get like the show obviously is an expedited version of dating, but I, I mean, you know, obviously the one thing that kind of attempted to save it was that she then conf- made her big confession at the end. But I don't even think that that excuses what they made the guys do. I just don't like it wasn't, it didn't feel optional. Um, I, I mean, when they're first sitting there, Nick just starts like calling on right. him. Well, he, there's like, like they're there's... all sitting silently and he goes, what about you, Hunter? Yeah, right. How you doing? Yeah, because he like, there's just silence. There's no explanation of instructions about what was supposed to happen. <laughs> and, then and then five minutes later, yep. Hunter's like sobbing right. about his divorce and his two kids. Right. And... Yeah, no, it is. It's really rough. And he's um, like, I failed at marriage, and it doesn't just affect me and her. It affects two amazing kids. And Katie says, thanks, Hunter. Like, fuck off. Ugh. I don't know. I I really, um, I'm not a fan of, like, forced vulnerability. Yes. Yep. No, I agree. And that's... Um... That is a big, uh, <clears throat> a big problem with this date. And I love, so, and some of the guys like tell really personal stuff like Hunter and then Courtney is just like, <laughs> yeah, something happened where I learned how important trust is. He's like, my <laughs> name is Courtney with a Q and that's really impacted the way people view me. <laughs> yeah. Cause Aaron you talks try about living as Courtney right, yeah. with a Q. <laughs> Always having to say, no, it's Courtney. Yeah. It's Courtney with a Q. Yeah, so then Thomas does sort of his confession 
about how he can't say he's here for the right reasons. He said, worst case scenario, I could give it a shot and build a platform for myself. And that he went out on a date the week right, before the he week left. Before. Yeah. One of the guys says that Thomas is grinning like a clown from a Stephen King novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Connor has a big confession where he... So first of all, he was going to grad school and was supposed to get his PhD and he hated it. So he dropped out. Sounds Respect. Right. Yeah, that yeah, sounds about we right. Get it. Yeah. And then uh, he was working as a musician and started uh, drinking, getting free drinks and drinking. Yeah. At a piano Living bar. that fabulous Baker Boys lifestyle. No, nothing good <laughs> comes of taking a job at a piano bar. <laughs> Isn't that... Haven't uh, you heard the song? Right. You're the piano man. <laughs> Everyone's oh. asking you to play a song. Yeah, though he... um, So he kind of like hit rock bottom, blackout drunk. He picked a fight with his girlfriend, cheated on her. When got, got high. <laughs> doing drugs. <laughs> Do you think that doing drugs is cool, Connor? <laughs> but for then he turned his life around. He read... Every self-help book he could find. Well, did he read the emotional intelligence one that Bennett recommended? Did he visit Nick Vial, his personal (laughs) therapist? Yeah, Nick's going to open a practice. Guess who is going to get their PhD after this, guys? Nick Vial. Nick Vial. Yeah, so Connor has this confession. And at one point in all of this, Katie says, I think today brought us all a little bit closer together which is what you say when like you all build like a tower of office furniture together and not when you share like your deepest secrets to all of america because again and katie says this later i mean she also has a big thing which we'll talk about in a second but she's like my mom doesn't even know this thing that i'm about to tell everybody and i'm sure like hunter and con like they probably haven't talked about this stuff with a lot of people that they know either so um, well, congratulations. Now everyone knows. Everybody knows. All right. So um, let's get to the Katie stuff. And we should say, I saw people um, giving ABC uh, like justified criticism for not putting a trigger mm-hmm. warning in before this came up. So the following conversation does mention sexual assault. So if you want to skip this part. You're welcome to Consider do so. Consider yourself warned. Yes. So um, yeah. So Katie says she's going to share something that her mom doesn't even know. Um, she says that we know her as a sex positive. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> now what? <laughs> sex positive. She's a sex positive, confident woman. Uh, but that she was involved in a situation on New Year's Eve that didn't involve consent. Mm-hmm. Which um, and she said it happened about ten years. Yeah, prior. yeah, yeah. Yep. Ten years mm-hmm. ago. Um, how old is Katie? Maybe like twenty-eight. I 28? think she's like. I think she's probably thirty. That's my guess. She's 30? For some reason, I thought they made a deal out of her being 30 and like, I'm 30 and I haven't found love. What's wrong with me? I feel like that was like... Well, that sounds accurate. The, yeah, no, that I'm, I swear that happened. You're right. She's 30. Okay. Um, so she ended up kind of what it sounded like was basically trying to force a relationship with this person that mm-hmm. had sexually assaulted her um, as a way to kind of... I don't know, make it okay mm-hmm. or, um, you know, come to terms with what had happened. Um, she said that for a long time she didn't want to have sex, didn't want to talk about sex. Um, and she says that, you know, she wants to use her platform to talk about how important consent is, um, how important communication is. It's important not to guilt trip someone for not having enough sex with them or not having sex in general. Mm-hmm. Um, all, I mean, 
great. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, right. I feel like this, in part, is what we have asked for. Like, right. please don't just parade around the show talk like throwing the word sex positive Mm -hmm. out there like what does that mean to you so i'm glad that we get this back so i'm obviously not right (laughs) glad that it had to happen but i do think that it explains a lot of where this persona is not i don't want to call it a persona because that sounds like there's a facade where yeah yeah, this Mm -hmm. certain characteristic that she's um that she's displaying where it's coming from what the history is behind it um and you know i mean i applaud her for for talking about it on national tv i feel like that takes a lot of bravery um i i will say i was going to be really mad if she didn't share something big mm-hmm. after force basically forcing right. the guys to do that um, so I think she was smart to recognize that she needed to, you know, share a pretty big vulnerability of her own. Mm-hmm. Right. No, and I agree because I we both kind of got on Katie last week for like, what does your sex positivity mean? And obviously, like, she doesn't have to share this. In t- she's we are not entitled to this entire story. But I think that it's. It gives a lot of context to what she's talking about. Right. And um, like some of the definitions that she gives for what she means by being sex positive, mm-hmm. I think are a good step in the right direction. So I do. I feel like I have to revise my comments a little bit from last week that were like, is she sex positive or not? I don't know. Um, well, I don't think that we have to revise that because up to that point in the show, again, I don't think that we saw a lot of specificity in right. terms of like well what does that mean to you why mm-hmm. what i mean you know right right and um, i get i mean i'm sure she was i'm sure she was waiting for the right moment to to have that um discussion mm-hmm. and the right moment is in a giant circle of guys that the producers have forced well, to share their secrets the right moment is when you're with someone who's been specifically trained to address you know, personal trauma. Right. And that person is Nick Vial. Is Nick Vial. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who really knows how to help people through very traumatic personal situations. Yeah. So here's my thing. Okay. Is So we got that email and um, Adriana, I hope I'm saying that right, Adriana, Adriana, asked, um, now that you're aware of the assault, doesn't that put Katie's sex positivity in a whole new light? Um, I, I do think it does. On the one hand, again, I think we see a lot more of like where she's coming from with Mm -hmm. it. Um, And again, I even like like I like her saying, you know, no one should be shamed for not wanting to have Mm -hmm. sex. I I mean, let's disregard the fact that, again, she's on a show that exploited the virgin a week ago. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, But but put that aside. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we got some some more specific information about like what that what it means to her. Right. I stand by what I have said about Katie before, and I still believe it to be true. I don't think that that is enough for me to like her as the lead. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. want that to be her, her thing. <laughs> defining characteristic yeah. on the yeah. show. Like, I, I still don't feel like I know her personality that, mm-hmm. that well. Um, and I want to. I mean, it's turning into a little bit of, um, the thing that that happens sometimes with the leads, I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been Nick, where like 
the best shots that we got of him were in the, you know, two minute clip at the end. Yes. Like there were moments where he would make these really funny jokes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, he's really funny. And they're just like not letting that come through. Um, so I feel like that's happening a little bit with Katie where like we're seeing little snippets of her personality, but, um, I don't, I just want to feel like I know her better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't disagree with any of that. Like I think so this story, and again, you know, she doesn't have to tell us all of this to say that she's sex positive, but she does. And it shows that it's a journey for her. Like, I think that that's kind of what makes it more, gives it some more depth. Yeah. Like this is a journey that I've been on to sort of come to sex positivity for myself. Yeah. But I also agree that like on a broader note, like I liked her fine this episode. I agree that it's not even just that we don't have a sense of her personality. It's that I feel like we've been given a lot of labels about what her personality is and they don't always correspond with what she does. And that's okay. But I feel like it's just kind of weird. Like I feel like she has been labeled as like, trying to think of a good example like really funny like the guys like she's really funny and like Mm -hmm. she is kind of funny but she hadn't made me laugh (laughs) (laughs) she made me laugh when she did that humping motion that made me laugh on night (laughs) one um and again like she doesn't have to be really funny but it's like again there was like all they're like she's a really strong woman like i think she kind of is but sometimes she's not and that's okay right but it's just like i feel like we got a very like this is who she like a story is sold of of who she is right and that it doesn't quite match who she actually is and i feel like i don't really know her because of that yeah if that makes sense I agree. yeah all right um so the group date is pretty much no think, it's yeah not there's over. a whole night it's portion. Not, sorry there's a night portion yeah. so we're back at the we're back at the hotel where michael is telling the guys who are home about losing his wife mm-hmm um right if you thought the only traumatic stories were in that circle with right. nick vial you incorrect. are wrong yeah incorrect michael is michael definitely has a story to share um so on the night portion of the date she says that she doesn't know who she wants to give her rose to um she has a terrible makeout session with connor yeah would you like to talk about this in a little more depth connor's off my list okay Okay. I, I mean, mean, he looks like a bad kisser. He's not wearing the cat costume anymore. He's I'm barely done. wearing anything. You're on my dunzo list. <laughs> the way that he's uh, unbuttoning his shirt. I still like him. I don't think that I don't think that he lasts that much longer. Um, Interesting. I mean, because he came out such a strong. Well, that's what contender. happens when you wear a cat costume, right? But really, where can you go from there? But also, is that what happens when you wear a cat costume? It is with me and with Katie. Apparently, yep. both of you—that's the way to your heart. Yep. He should have never taken it off. That mm-hmm. was his mistake. He should have committed to that cat costume. Commit for to the, the bit. longevity of the show. <laughs> I've got and, nine lives on this show <laughs> and beyond. Yeah. Right. Right. They're, they're married in like, that. Congratulations. You are a cat. You're now. a cat now. Yeah. You are a furry all the time. <laughs> is the box dude still around? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's Who there. was that? Justin. Jo- oh, Justin is the box. That's why I don't recognize his face because he spent so much time in that goddamn box. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Connor, I mean, let's describe the badness of the kiss. No, we don't need to. You don't need to shame him. Did we learn nothing? <laughs> All right, never mind. I won't describe how he grabs her head and pulls her clothes. I mean, he doesn't look like a great kisser. Um, She asks Thomas 
who Thomas admitted that he has a whole list of red flags and she brings that back up and he just kind of dodges the question yes. again. And Katie says, I will say it feels like you're dodging the question. And he says, I promise you I'm not dodging the question, but that is absolutely what he did. Because he gives her like a word salad of like, when two people yeah. come together in circumstances that are unattainable. Word salad is the perfect yeah. description of what he gives It her. just makes, it sounds like a bad academic like, paper or like a bad like sales pitch or something. Connectivity. Right. <laughs> happy ability (laughs) eagle (laughs) um the guys are all talking about how thomas is charming but they just don't trust him yes and he's talking to katie about how fear and love are two very very similar things rooted in the same concept deep very deep um, despite that depth, he leaves his one-on-one time with Katie feeling like he got rattled. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's he rattled. says, uh, that didn't feel good. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit about it. It sucks. <laughs> um, he says he's going to do whatever it takes to fix it, even if it causes tension with the guys in the house. So what that means is that he goes and interrupts Aaron, who's taking his one-on-one time mm-hmm. with Katie. And actually, that is when he, when Thomas brings up this fear and love concept. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. When he d- develops his fear and love thesis. Yeah. That everybody, Nick Viall's actually incorporating that into his <laughs> therapeutic practice now. <laughs> um, he says that he hasn't felt that way in a long time, but that there's an energy and a strong pull towards her. I feel like last week he was like, we have a magic that I can't explain. <laughs> an undeniable magic. We're Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> and she says, I'm just happy you're here. So now he also, I have, I don't quite have the, um, like, uh, order of events here, but at some point he ends up telling the other guys that he told Katie that he was falling in love with her. So that hasn't, well, so yeah, that hasn't happened quite yet. Okay. Um, someone comes to the hotel and gives Michael A his one-on-one right. date card. Right, right, yep. Love is an adventure. Love, Katie. And then Thomas goes back, and that's when he kind of lies, and he tells them that he told her he was falling in love with her, but he didn't really no. say that. yeah. And, um, we and all- it was a bad move because that's what like the guys get really riled up yeah. about it. And it's like, no, you didn't even say that. Right. Well, and we all know that there is a very specific taxonomy of feelings expression. Yeah, correct. In Bachelor. It's and really, so you can't just say. It's a nuance. It, there is a nuance. And you see, you can't. It, you only said you're falling in love with her if you said, I'm falling in love with you. Like mm-hmm. all this other fear, or love talk. I love you. But that's different. That's not saying you're falling no, in that, love. Yeah, that's true. Because you first you say, I feel like I'm falling in love uh, with you. Or I could fall in yes. love with you. Then you say, I'm falling in love with you. Or then, I see myself falling yes. in love with you. Yes. And then, only then can you say, I love I'm you. I'm falling in love with you. And then I love I you. I love you. Yeah, and then that's when you say, never mind. <laughs> Um, the guys also ask Thomas, do you think your time is more important than mine? More important than mine? And he says, yeah, 100%. Which I kind of like his honesty there. Just no, like, me too. Yep, I, I mean, they, they all think that. Like that, uh, though it causes Aaron to believe that at this point, 
I think Thomas is a cancer. I think he needs to be cut out until he's absolutely gone. So very strong reactions. <laughs> very strong reactions. So we're getting to the, oh, who gets the date of the rose? Well, Connor B., David, and Hunter are all complimented. Mm-hmm. For their fine work. Um, that being said, Connor B. gets the rose. I was surprised as anyone sure. after that kiss. I've been kissed by a rose. Yikes. Oh, was that no good? Mm, Ooh. No. Oh, ew. Yeah. Um, he says that it's confirmation that there's something there. It's not just my imagination. He um, does a little victory dance. He does. He's hot dogging. He's hot dogging. <laughs> oh, he's hot dogging. All right. So Aaron and Thomas basically kind of get into it after the date is over. Um, just a little more, a little more conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron says that Thomas is blatantly disrespectful and disgusting. <laughs> he disgusts me. He says, I find him a shit human being. <laughs> All right, so Katie and Michael are going on a bachelor trope date. Let's get in a fun car that Anna and Ryan will not be able to identify. It is a dune buggy. A little blue dune buggy in my hand. We know it because they said it. Right, they specifically tell us it's a dune buggy. And the first shot we see is Katie flipping it. I found this as disorienting as Katie must have been I think being more. flipped over. Yeah, I was like, what? what's going on? What's <laughs> yeah. happening? She flipped it, mm-hmm. um, and then she goes to pick Michael up in yeah. it. And she's right. like, everything's fine. <laughs> sure, I'm sure I won't flip it with him in there. He's got a kid, but it'll be fine. I feel like at least Michael's wife died of breast cancer um i was reminded of the date that they made emily maynard do where they're like oh your fiance was a race car driver who died let's make you race these race cars remember that (laughs) oh yeah well that's exactly the kind of thing to do like oh your uh fiance died skydiving it's a skydiving date. <laughs> Welcome what do you to know? jumping out of this plane. Yeah, well, um, you know, the reason why they do that is because they're trying to get people to fall in love, and you can't have love without fear. And so they're trying to get these people to experience fear because that is sort of, it's a, a sophisticated theory that I heard from a, a psychological scholar. Two sides of the same coin. <laughs> okay, uh, they they make out against the dune buggy. Right. Um, well, I also liked Michael said, whatever you have planned, I'm ready, I'm game. Well, it's probably riding a dune buggy, dude. The yeah. dune buggy's right there. <laughs> what are we doing on this date? <laughs> what do you got planned for me? A little blue dune buggy in my hand. Um, he says, I always hear that this ends in an engagement, but I think it begins in an engagement. It's a good line. Well played, Michael. I, it's a great line. And honestly, no one has ever used that before on the battle. That is shocking. I mean, I'm sure someone has. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll have to go. We'll have to have Robin watch every episode of every season to see. But I don't recall. It's a great line. It is she a good loves line. It. It's she a good, eats she it up. does. She yeah. loves it. And then they kiss and he he asks, Can I kiss you? And she says, Absolutely. <laughs> so you didn't like the Can I Kiss You move when we saw it earlier? I How'd feel you... like Michael did it all right. Yeah. It wasn't I just think sometimes it feels too forced uh-huh. or like, God, just do it. Right. Or like, can I have a kiss, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> May I? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, they make out. 
Uh, back at the mansion, the guys are going Lord of the Flies with this Thomas conundrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter looks a lot like Zoolander. Uh, he's, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I was trying to he put my finger really on. He always really perplexed, yeah. but also stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and he also, he has a Zoolander type quote, which I'm jumping ahead. Um, but he says, I'm a nice person until you lie to me. And then I can like, unfortunately, be the polar opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> and then I'm not a nice guy. <laughs> I'm not a nice guy. <laughs> He also says, if he digs his ditch further, then I'm out of shovels. <laughs> that metaphor does, does not that work. work? I have, no, it I doesn't. I literally have in my notes, does this metaphor work? It does not because... Thomas is digging the ditch. Right. He has the shovels. And like, why would you want to dig more? Right. To help him dig no. further? Like, wouldn't if you want a ladder or some sort of... yeah? further, I'm out of shovel. No. Yeah, it doesn't Mm-mm. work. No. Yeah, and, and let's workshop this it's metaphor. It's been workshopped. It's... <laughs> been found it's ineffective <laughs> um all right katie says that michael's intentions are so pure um that it feels like they've been talking for a month and finally agreed to meet in person oh they do i, I liked michael after this I d- date. I'm, i am pro michael I, I said if anything i now believe that michael is too good for katie <laughs> might be might be. And well, I feel like I'm also more attracted to Michael now that I know how much I like his personality. Yeah. Well, and that's some of us have experienced mm-hmm. that firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> I know how that works. Though, I mean, was my personality really what sold you? It's hard to say it's which to one say was the was. thing that yeah. compensated for the other it was, thing. It was the cholesterol. Was it personally right? <laughs> so he tells her his story. Um, miraculously, he's able to do it without the help of Nick Vial and his uh, <laughs> and clipboard. His, right, his therapist uh, speak. I feel like somebody needs to make a meme of Nick Vial with that clipboard like that one of Trump where he's like... Oh, he can show he can like different things. Yes, yeah, right. Like, what like, was Nick like, writing on that frown, clipboard? Like, like emphatically. It was just like a yeah. picture of a penis, <laughs> a picture of a duck, a picture of a duck wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> a drawing of what Rachel Lindsay would have looked like in that yeah. Mrs. Claus lingerie uh, that she never got to wear for him. Uh, a note that says, a suck it, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. He, so he tells her about his wife. They met when they were in college. He says, when I saw her, I said, that's it. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I did to you. Yeah. You saw me and you said, that's it. Told that cholesterol story. Yep. And I was like, boom, boom. gotcha. A yeah. year later, we went on a date. <laughs> um, They had a baby. Mm-hmm. And then seven months after their baby was born, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she passed away in January of 2019. And I don't want to criticize because everyone obviously approaches death and grieving in their own very personal mm-hmm. way. 2019 was not that long ago. It it just makes me a little bit. It makes me raise my. It's a red flag, perhaps. As Thomas I mean, would I don't say. even want to call it a red flag because I think he's such a nice guy. But mm-hmm. I just think like, wow, are you really ready to go on national television and fall in love? I well, his son deserves the happiest dad. I think it's a little bit of a Ben move. Ben from Tasha's season mm-hmm. who shared the devastating story of his his um suicide attempt but it was like a year and a half right. before and it's like man that's a lot to lay at the feet of the lead yeah no it's that's a good point too is like 
Because you would wonder if you were Katie, like, has your grief really of course passed? You know, it's yeah. it's just that's a a lot. Ha- having never gone through a situation like that, that's a lot to process. Well, I was also a little bothered because Katie says that she would never feel insecure about the love that he had with his first wife. And I just said in my notes, it feels a little premature to say that you wouldn't right. have that. Pro- like, That's a you pretty don't big know. declaration. I You're mean, probably going to have to spend a little bit of time with your therapist, Nick Vial, to really sort through <laughs> yeah. some of that stuff. She says some people <sighs> would be intimidated by that, but not me. I mean, what? Why don't we see how it plays out right. before you make these bold claims that, that you're just fine with it? And also, maybe you could be a little intimidated by that. I it mean, was the love of his life. Show me a situation where you would not be intimidated yes. by that. Correct. I just think, yeah. like, it's okay to... It's okay to have those feelings. Yes. I think Nick would tell you Nick that. Nick would definitely tell you that. That would be on his clipboard. Um. All right. She says, I've, I'm overwhelmed by sadness for his pain, but happiness at what our love could be. <laughs> Forget that wife of yours. <laughs> Your dead wife is the past and I'm the future. Oh, boy. Um. She says that she knows that every time she gives him a rose, she's also giving it to James. Well played, Katie. <laughs> uh, Aaron is still up in arms about oh, yeah. old Thomas. Yep. Uh, he now has said that we got another therapist on our hands because Aaron is now making the claim that Thomas has sociopathic tendencies. <laughs> I actually heard that Thomas is sweet but a psycho. Mm. I heard that Thomas was the Zodiac killer. <laughs> Thomas, says, Thomas shot JFK. That's what I heard. He says, I think he's genuinely a psychopath. It's annoying. <laughs> God, there's nothing more annoying than a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, so annoying. That's also when we get that wonderful quote from Hunter, which mm-hmm. you already mentioned. Yep. And so, yeah, Hunter's got a plan to call Thomas out. And it's time so, for a morning meeting. <laughs> guys, gather round. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, the guys all come in and Hunter's sitting on the couch and Thomas I walks in like last. Who elected Hunter the leader right. of this group? Well, I just, feel like that's the same as electing you to do the tunnel right. thing. <laughs> well, it's just kind of like, what's the group dynamic here overall? You know what? They need to just embed like ethnographers in the like to write because i'd actually like to see like a full-on ethnography of like what's going on like i feel like you could learn a lot about uh human dynamics Uh, um hunter so they what they're really uh, uh pissed off about and what hunter keeps bringing up is the fact that thomas apparently at some point told someone that he entered the show with the thought that maybe he could be the next Bachelor. And they act like this is some, like, Scandal. ungodly, right. like, how could you even think that? Right. I guarantee fucking to you that everybody goes on this show sure. is like, well, if it doesn't work out, maybe I can be the next lead. Sure. Because here's, let's get to the, the bottom line and of this. Also... BT dubs, nobody campaigned for that harder than fucking Katie. So. Sure. Right. No, that's true. And also, Thomas is not going to be the next bachelor. I mean, yeah, maybe he is. <laughs> Fine. Like, but, um, like they all thought about that in some of way. Or like, if you wanted, I, I'm sure some people have pure motives. If you wanted to find love, you would go on match.com. Right? Like, you're going on a TV show. There has to be some other motive right. in some way and like, than is, finding love. Is there a di- I believe that there's a difference between 
consider thinking about the fact that there's the possibility that even if it doesn't work out, you could be the lead and purposefully like orchestrating your personality on the show to to be well crafted to be the lead. Sure, right. Or like going on the show because what was that one asshole who like wanted to hawk his tequila brand right, or whatever? Right, like right. there is yeah. a difference in or like, like your music career. Yeah, exactly. Jed. Right. I mean, they all. Hey or, guys, everyone gather around and listen to this <laughs> dog jingle. <laughs> you guys are going to rock out to my dog jingle. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I mean, most of them probably, and that's like that's reasonable. Like he's not saying that like I'm using Katie. It was like. You know, if this doesn't work out, here's my backup plan. Right. Here's and plan like, B. If it doesn't work out, at least maybe I'll, maybe I will improve, like increase my platform. Sure. Right. Get and more followers. What's wrong with that? Nothing. And again, you're all going on TV. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody has totally pure motives right. to and be on TV. Then when they ask him, is it still on your mind? And he says, it's gone. That's right. Not at all. They're like, we don't believe you. Right. And it's like, well, you can't, I mean, what can you say Prove then? it. Like, exactly. Yeah. You think he's lying? All right. Well, guess what? That's not your call. That's right. Katie's call. It is Katie's call. Yeah. So we, um, we do need to give the very specific context for this noise though. so this is before this big confrontation hunter's sitting on the couch thomas somehow walks in last there's a real awkward tension that you can cut with a knife but instead of cutting it with a knife someone chooses to cut it with (laughs) i'm just gonna make that noise forever yeah i mean i feel like i was already making noises like that top five bachelor moments top five franchise yeah no we um we rewound it like four or five times i could not get enough yeah well and again it's funny to me because like they could have like they cut cut heather out of the entire women's tell-all and they're like well we gotta leave this noise in well and that i couldn't tell if they thought it was funny or if it was just like fucking lazy editing or like (laughs) but they're so careful with the editing somebody must have been like it's a mystery oh i just wonder about all these people like if there are some people who are just like let's try to put as many stupid things in this show as we can because it makes me laugh you know or like that was like an intern that like slipped that in so i don't know but whatever it is whoever put that in thank you you made our night (laughs) all right well on that note nothing's gonna top that noise so gang we'll see you next week thanks for all the emails yeah uh leave us some reviews y'all we haven't gotten a new written review in months i had to go to nick vial to talk about my pain
for a breakdown. Never gonna get it, 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 never gonna get it. is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.